الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار all praise is due to Allah. May His prayers and blessings be unto the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and unto all of those who follow him in guidance until the last hour. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, fear Allah in the true form that you must fear Him. And do not allow yourselves to die except in a state of belief in Iman. And do not allow your tongues to say anything but the truth. If you do so, then Allah will make your affairs righteous and He will forgive your sins and whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger then He has surely succeeded a great success. As to what follows, always know brothers and sisters that the most truthful words are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the best guidance is the guidance of His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the worst of all matters, the worst of all things a person can do is to innovate into this religion things that do not belong to it. For every innovation is a wrong path and every wrong path leads to hellfire. Brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this gathering a gathering which we are going to benefit a lot from and to bring our hearts closer and to make it a result of our closeness and awareness of Allah subhanahu and about our relationship with our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and our love and compassion towards one another as brothers and sisters in Islam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this gathering a blessed gathering and to make this gathering a gathering in which a gathering in which our hearts will forgive one another and pardon one another and make dua for one another and to reward us all and to not let us die except in a state of belief and to make us gather on the hereafter in Jannah where the eternal abode will be. Amen. I have chosen a new topic for you. And this new topic I intend, insha'Allah, to go on to it for a little while, to discuss it and present it to you for a few weeks. It's an interesting topic. At the same time, it's much more important than what you probably have realized. The topic that I have chosen, I will call it the signs of the last hour and also about the hereafter. When we say signs of the last hour, it does not necessarily only mean that we are to think about what signs are going to come up that tell us when the end of the world is coming? This is not the important thing. The important thing for a mu'min to understand from the warning about the signs of the hereafter or the, or the, or the last hour is not that the world, the end of the world is coming. You may not be able to live until the end of the world, but rather it is for us to remember each and every one of our own 
Each one of us has to remember from this their own last hour. Their own last hour. And my last hour is the day I die. It's not the day the world ends. So you'd be foolish to just sit there and wait until the world ends and thinking that I've still got time until the world ends. That's another matter. What we have to be concerned about is when is that we do not know when our last hour is going to come. And what we have to be concerned about is what have I prepared for this last hour of mine which I don't know when it's going to be. A man asked the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, when is the last hour? See, he's one of those people hastening, thinking in that same attitude. When is the last hour? When is the world going to end? When is the sun and the moon going to collide with one another and with each other and the world is going to crack open and all of that? He said, don't ask about when the last hour is. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, what have you prepared for the last hour? What have you prepared for the last hour? That's the real question. There's no need to go and indulge into deep questions about how the last hour is going to be and try to calculate when it's going to come, when it's going to happen, or to calculate when the Mahdi is going to come, or when the Dajjal is going to come. Or there's no need to do all of that stuff. This is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it was important to know exactly when it's going to be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have told us. But what the important thing is, what are you preparing at the moment? What are you planning at the moment? Because if you're going to wait until that day comes, if it is in your life and you have not prepared, you will sink. You will sink and you'll sink deep into whatever is going to happen. And if you die, and that last hour, the world does not end, and your last hour comes, and you have not prepared, you're too busy counting and calculating, without preparing and planning to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if it's going to be today, then you will also sink, and you will sink deep, my brothers and sisters. This is wrong. It's wrong to wait and calculate and anticipate that, and, and sort of you know, think that it's a long time away or it's years ahead or hundreds of years ahead. It could be today that your last hour is going to be. It could be today that you will die. I, today, inshallah, I wanted to begin with the first, with the first bit about this long topic and that is to talk about the introduction to the signs of the last hour. Only introduction. We have to get this and set it straight in our heads and understand it clearly. Firstly, the belief in the hereafter, which means life after here. If you leave this door right now, you are going to go to some other place from this place, after this place, after here. Does that make sense? Okay. So in our life, we are always proceeding, at moving on. We are always moving forward in two ways. From place to place and from time to time. Isn't that right? from place to place, from time to time, and they are always different. You're never going to go backwards. This is how this life is. <coughs> Belief in the hereafter, the life after here, is one of the fundamental pillars of our Iman. And it is also one of the fundamentals of our Islamic creed, our Aqidah. Wow. That's really heavy. To say that it's a pillar of Iman, pillar of faith. If you don't have it, you don't have faith at all. You're a kafir. You don't have, you don't have faith whatsoever. And it is a fundamental of the Islamic creed, the Aqidah. Aqidah and faith, they're the fundamental substances of being a Muslim. Aqidah. 
who Allah is, believing what Allah has to say, believing in the hereafter, aqidah and faith. Without believing in the hereafter, brothers and sisters, we have no faith, we have no proper aqidah. Our aqidah is ruined and you are no longer a Muslim. So anybody who does not believe in the hereafter, as Allah and His Messenger have shown it to us and have uh, explained it to us and told us, then you are not a Muslim. And the matter about the hereafter and the matter about resurrection is what our aqidah is built on. Our whole faith is built on the matters concerning the hereafter and resurrection. After the belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first is believing in Allah's oneness and His existence and in Him. Built on that is the belief of the hereafter. The belief of the unseen. You see, when you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doesn't it mean that you are now saying that you must believe in what Allah tells us as well? Of course. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you something that you cannot reach, you cannot see, you cannot touch, you can't hear, don't you still believe it? If you don't believe in something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us of the future, then you really do not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? How can I say there is only one God, Allah, He is the only God, He has sent His messengers and I believe in Him and what He has come with, and then you say, I don't believe in the hereafter. When Allah has said and commanded and warned about the hereafter endlessly and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the only way that we can believe the hereafter, because you see it's unseen. Can anyone see, a, can anyone see heaven and hell in front of them? Can anyone see the people being resurrected in front of them? Did you ever see someone rise from their grave? Have you seen, you know, the skies and the earth starting to collide with one another? We haven't seen all of that stuff. We haven't touched any of that stuff. In fact, there's nothing logically, there's nothing logical in the, in the way that, the, in, in our, you know, there's nothing logical in our life, logical without what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us, logical that will tell us what paradise has, what heaven has, uh, what Jahannam has, who the angels are and so on. So it's an unseen thing. And the only way that we are going to know this unseen thing is through the text that Jibreel brought down to the Prophet Through the information, we call it Wahi. When Jibreel is to come down to the Prophet it's called Wahi. Christians call it inspiration. We call it Wahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Jibreel alayhi salam, Prophet can, can hear him and see him, and he receives that information from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly through the angel. And then he informs us with it. It's called Wahi. It is impossible, brothers and sisters, for anybody on the face of the earth, anyone, even in the heavens, anyone, to ever know anything about the unseen, about the future about the unseen, something which exists now but you cannot see it. Something in the future that hasn't happened. Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the only way we know it is when Allah explains it to us through the wahi, through the inspiration of Jibreel to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is because many people can say to themselves, Oh, I receive wahi, I receive information directly from Allah. A mu'min, a Muslim, or anybody who believes that you can receive direct information from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like that, then you have disbelieved in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You have disbelieved in the right of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's the only one who can bring us this message from Jibreel alayhi wa sallam. And anybody who does not believe that it is only Allah who can know the, the future and the unseen, then you have made partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're saying, I also know the future. Someone else also knows the unseen. As soon as you believe that, then you have become a mushrik. You made partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember back in Lebanon, I was there for four years, and there were a particular group of people 
they're called Sufis. But they're very, these types of Sufis are the types of Sufis that are, you know, extremist Sufis. They're too extreme in their, in their beliefs. They go into, into deep, deep imaginary uh, things that they make up. That don't, that don't really mean anything, don't really exist. Anyone, one brother one time came and knocked on our door and his Shaykh, his Sufi Shaykh, his Shaykh had commanded him to come and knock on our door and ask for my dad because he wants to talk to him. At that point my father was trying to advise the Shaykh that what he is doing is in innovation and that what the activities they're doing is not according to the Prophet So the Shaykh sent his student to my dad one day to call him. So he knocked on his door and my father answered. The man said, the Shaykh wants you. And the man looked very pale and nervous and paranoid. My father asked him, well, what does he want from me? He said, I can't tell you. I can't tell you because my Shaykh hears what I'm saying. The Shaykh hears what I'm saying. And this is the unseen. And if I tell you, he said, if I tell you, then the Shaykh, then something negative is going to happen to me. This is just one simple imaginary, you know, twisted aqidah which these people have, and many others like them, which is brought from Hinduism and Buddhism and all those other, other uh, beliefs of that some other people know the unseen. And this is what some other sects of Islam related to Sufism, they believe that you are allowed to, for example, ask the dead person to receive some good from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they believe that the dead person knows the unseen because he's dead. Or they believe that a shaykh who is so eminent and has got so much knowledge and so on, they believe that they rise above this world to know the unseen. They believe that if you go to them, you have to be totally honest with them because they already know what, you've come, what you're coming for, what you have in your house and all of that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already said in the Qur'an that no one knows the unseen except for Allah and some of His messengers whom He has chosen to tell them. So still Allah tells His messengers. So when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself tells us of the unseen, it is not him who knows. Nor is it Jibreel alayhi salam who knows. But who is it the one who has informed? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Jibreel. Allah wrote it in the preserved tablet. He told the pen to write it, so he wrote it. Then Israfil reads it from the tablet. Then he passes it on to Jibreel. Then Jibreel passes it on to the Prophet and then the Prophet tells it to us. And then it is reported by narrations to us. Authentic narrations and some are non-authentic narrations. And here is where our scholars come in and they start to edit and find to, sorry, to, uh, to authenticate and to research and investigate which are the true hadiths which are not. So you can see how we as Muslims must really monitor and concentrate the information that we get especially about the hereafter or the unseen things has to be authentic because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it otherwise we'll fall into shirk, we'll fall into problems and these other sects, the only reason they fell into what they fell into was because of false and fabricated information which they get from their shaykhs and they, blind follow, and they follow blindly just blind following and we Muslims should not be like that because it's dangerous brothers and sisters because of the importance of the hereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala randomly repeats it in the Qur'an and so often in the Qur'an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala almost all the time links in one ayah He almost all the time links between talking about belief, faith, iman and talking about the hereafter almost always in the Qur'an you'll find this that in the same ayah Allah says believe in Allah and the hereafter he always links it for some reason, subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Allah says in the Quran, Audhu Billah Minash Shaitan Rajeem, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّآتُ وَالْوُجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ Which means, piety and true piety is not that 
one turns his face towards the east or the west, towards the Qibla, wherever they are. And piety is not really only in you sitting there praying and bowing and prostrating. That's not where real piety is from in actions. But rather, he said, the real piety comes in a person who believes in Allah and in the hereafter. Believes in Allah and in the hereafter. Real piety, real iman, real faith, real consciousness of Allah is when a person believes in Allah and the hereafter. We'll soon find out why. In another verse, Allah says, Allah says, the only people who really adhere to these verses, the only people who really start to think about these verses, the only people who really uh, benefit from the warnings of Allah, from the advices of Allah, the only people who really fear these advices, the only people who really believe these advices, are the ones who believe in Allah and in the hereafter. You see the link? There are many other verses in the Quran like this, and you'll scarcely find, like very, you know, very rarely will you find a whole page of the Quran that passes without mentioning belief in Allah and the hereafter, or without mentioning uh, things that, are hap that will happen in the hereafter, or without mentioning some type of reward in the hereafter, or some type of punishment in the hereafter. Allahu Akbar. Must be very important for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you know, hardly leave out a page without mentioning you know, some reward or punishment of the hereafter. Without rarely ever you know, saying, a ver uh, uh, giving it, uh, saying a verse without linking it between the belief in Allah and the belief in the hereafter. Belief in the hereafter is more important than what we think brothers and sisters. The second thing I want to explain along with this for a Muslim for every Muslim I want to show you something here that probably you may have realized in your past maybe you realize it now when you think about it in the eyes of, of, of Islam and the followers of Islam a Muslim life what's life to a Muslim I mean, if I were to ask anybody here what is life to you has anyone would anyone like to comment about that? Probably give me a little answer about it. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. A brief enjoyment. It's a journey. Okay, what else have we got? A brief enjoyment. A brief enjoyment is, is the, the, the definition of life to that brother. Yes? It's a test. A test. Definition of life is a test to the other brother. Anyone else? One more? Yes, at the back? A test from Allah, like what the brother said. Okay, so we've got a temporary enjoyment, a, a journey, and a test. And they are all on the right path. Alhamdulillah. So you can see that a Muslim is thinking in the right path. But if I were to tell you probably a little bit more than that, life, life in the eyes of Islam is not just the worldly life. It's not just the worldly life. That's not what life means in Islam. When you say life, it's not just temporary, uh, the temporary life that we live in now. But life in Islam, from the eyes of Islam, it's not a temporary life, nor is it the short time span of a human being. It's not the 60 or 70 years or 100 years that a person lives. This is not life in Islam. You know, people who don't have a religion, people who don't have, who are neither Christians or Jews or Muslims, they do not have that belief about that. They don't have that outlook about life. And especially the Muslims, especially Muslims, they have a deeper outlook to that. But most people, when you say life to them, they think this world. You know, people get born, people die. This is this this is the life. Life is here. I'm not saying what's good and bad life. I'm just saying what's life. Life. They say, well, this is life. Yeah? And sometimes we um, naturally sort of just, because we're used to it, you know, when we're talking about anything about life, we say, oh, I'm going to be working for the rest of my life. Or, in my life I've never seen such a thing like this. Or you might say to another person, are you going to live your life like this? Or this person kept doing this till the end of his life. 
Don't we say things like that? Yes, we do. We do. Obviously, we don't mean that this is what life is, but people just respond that way because they're used to it. Life in the eyes of Islam is not the temporary time span of this world, nor is it the temporary lifespan of the human being. It's not, the life is not basically from when you are born from your mother till the day that you die and into your grave. In the eyes of Islam, this is definitely and definitely not life. Life in Islam, however, the real life goes beyond time. There is no time to life in Islam. In the teachings of our religion, Allah and His Messenger teach us that there is no particular time that you can put to say, this is how long life is. There's a beginning to everyone's life, yes. But there is no end to your life, really. Life, does not, is, life to a Muslim is endless. It's everlasting. It goes on and on and on. And has no end. Through what Allah and His Messenger teaches us. And it prolongs. It prolongs itself from place, from this place, to the place in the hereafter. Which ends up either in heaven or ends up in hellfire for eternity. For every single create for every single being, for every single human and jinn or angel that was created on earth from the beginning of its existence till the end of its existence. Life, my dear brothers and sisters, life is endless for everything. You work, you die. Doesn't end there. You're going to be questioned in your grave. Then you're going to be resurrected in the hereafter. You're going to stand there to be questioned and accounted for. Then after that, you either receive your book in your right or the left, and then you go to heaven or you go to hell. If you enter hellfire, you live for eternity. You enter hellfire, if you enter heaven, you live for eternity. You enter hellfire, well, some people will be saved and gone to heaven afterwards and they will stay there forever. But if you stay in there, you are there for eternity. There is no end. It goes on and on. A Muslim's outlook is this way. This is what Islam sees it as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us and warns us and lets us know that this is what life really is in reality. It's not just what you see and touch, it's beyond that. And subhanAllah, believing in the hereafter is the best and the only real way that you can continuously be on a straight path of righteousness in this temporary life. Have you ever thought about that? There, wallahi, there is no law on the face of the earth, no, there is no man-made law that can keep a person straight on that way, you know, with, 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 with passion and with continuity and with confidence and without a doubt, like the law of believing in the hereafter. How? First of all, you can easily notice a difference between a person who believes in the hereafter and the character of a person who doesn't believe in the hereafter. Did you know that you can? You can easily notice the difference between a person who actually believes in the hereafter, believes in the unseen, believes in the last hour, believes, believes, and a person who doesn't believe that the world's going to end uh, in any way, doesn't believe that Allah is going to end this world and then resurrect us, who doesn't believe that we're going to be resurrected and you know, brought up out of our graves to be questioned that there is a heaven or hell or the hereafter. There's a big difference between these two people in their character. You watch them and you see it. You can see the difference in their personality, in their behavior, yeah, in their character. You can see it very clearly. A Muslim 
who believes in the hereafter and believes in Allah he knows he knows that this this temporary life is only a seed you know what a seed is when you plant a seed what do you get out of it right this temporary life for a Muslim he looks at it who believes in the hereafter he says this life is only a seed a seed that I must plant and the hereafter it will show its fruits he also knows that his good deeds are his provision for his hereafter so two things when a person believes in the hereafter he knows that this worldly life is only a seed and it will grow in the hereafter and that here his good deeds are his provision for the hereafter they're the ones that will save him in the hereafter they're the ones that will give him light to move on in the hereafter to end up in heaven in Jannah so here's one particular difference a person who doesn't believe in the hereafter do you think he knows this? he never thinks that this life is a seed for a hereafter no way by any chance nor does he know that his good deeds his good deeds are his provision for a life after here no way they do not know that they do not even think that so the person who believes in the hereafter works in this life according to a scale and a measurement of the heavens of the sky not the measurements of the earth not on the scale of the earth and he works to the accountability of the hereafter not to the accountability of this life his attitude is very unique a person who believes in the hereafter when when he does something anything in life anything at all wallahi anything gets married eats goes to the toilet bathes works studies anything he is always thinking according to the scale of the hereafter according to the scale of what Allah has commanded and prohibited when he goes to bathe he works according to how the sunnah says he eats he eats according to the sunnah gets married marries according to the sunnah chooses makes his choice according to the Quran and the sunnah works works according to what Allah loves stays away from what Allah hates a Muslim who knows the hereafter and believes in the hereafter their life is always governed by measuring according to the the laws of the sky not according to the laws of the earth you don't you don't yani, work thinking that this work is only for the next few years a Muslim who believes in the hereafter doesn't only work thinking that it's only going to end when he dies doesn't believe that what they have to do has to only be done only for the world here before they die you know we always say it's only life it's only one life so make the best of it a person who believes in the hereafter doesn't believe in that statement as being something for only this life he believes that he has to work according to the Quran and the Sunnah and he believes and knows that when he works he's going to be asked about it on the day of judgment so you can see now how beliefs and knowledge of this person who believes in the hereafter start to change here how their work begins to change they don't just work anything and everything there are limits there are boundaries there are paths which he chooses paths he doesn't choose do you see where it starts now you can see now the personality and the behavior are different they are different between a Muslim and a non-Muslim they're different or a person who believes in the hereafter and one who doesn't they have to be different they must be different it's impossible for them to be the same so his attitude and behavior is unique his straightforwardness his open-mindedness is unique his strong faith he, he, he holds strongly in times of hardship he has patience in times of calamities his interests and his desires for rewards by Allah are he's always got interest and desire for Allah he is unique because he knows that what is with Allah is better and what is with Allah is everlasting when you believe in the hereafter these are the types of moods and behaviors that you and the thoughts that you get in your mind you want rewards 
You're just patient on calamities. Why? Because you know that when you do that stuff, there's a life after here. And there's an everlasting reward. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you. And the thing on your mind is, Allah's reward is better than anything else that can, this world can offer me. And that Allah's reward is everlasting. And whatever is in this life has an end. You see now, the difference now starting and splitting. Maybe this will make it a bit more clearer. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, عَجَبًا لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ إِنَّ أَمْرَهُ كُلُّهُ خَيْرٌ وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ لِأَحَدٍ إِلَّا لِلْمُؤْمِنِ إِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ سَرَّاءَ شَكَرُ فَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُ وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ ضَرَّاءَ صَبَرْ فَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُ رواه مسلم Which means, the Prophet ﷺ said once, amazed by the state of a mu'min, a believer, one who believes in the hereafter. He says he is so unique. He says, what a strange and amazing matter is the matter of the, of the mu'min, of the believer. Prophet ﷺ is saying, Ajaban, strange is his matter. So amazing. Because all, everything that happens to him is good for him. He looks at it as being good. And this type of feeling, he said, is not for no one except for a mu'min. Only a mu'min feels this way. Only a mu'min feels happy and content no matter what happens to them. If good happens to them, they are thankful to Allah. And it is better for them. They actually, it's better. And if bad happens to them, they are patient. And that is better for them. So you can see how a mu'min who believes in the hereafter and Allah how their outlook into life, how they react to good and how they react to calamities. They're both equal in their eyes. If it's good, they thank Allah. But they don't rejoice and do big parties over it. And if bad happens to them, nor do they wail and scream, they're patient. Moderate people. Simple people. And the Prophet said, listen to this statement, I repeat it again. This is the important part of it. Concentrate. وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا لِلْمُؤْمِنِ This, this uh, behavior, this attitude, this reaction is for no one except a believer. It's impossible for any non-believer to have the same reaction completely like that. Neither does the generosity of a Muslim become limited to only benefiting human beings. But by believing in the hereafter, a believer in the hereafter not only is generous to the people and is just to the people and giving to the people and does good to the people but also does good to the animals and generous to the animals. Because they know that they're going to ask, they'll be asked about his friend and about his father, about his mother, about his children on a hereafter. He's accountable, he's responsible. And even the animals and the insects, this Muslim who believes in the hereafter, they know they're going to be also asked and questioned about the animals and insects if they've wronged them. So a believer in the hereafter benefits people and benefits animals. Who is there that's complete in both these ways? Except for a believer in the hereafter. Yani Umar ibn al-Khattab for example, radiallahu anhu, used to always say, when he became the Khalifa, the Amir al-Mu'mineen, responsible for the affairs of his flock, of his people, he said, لَوْ عَثَرَتْ بَعْلَةٌ فِي الْعِرَاقِ لَظَنَنْتُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سَيَسْأَلُنِي عَنْهَا لِمَا لَمْ تُسَوِّي لَهَا الطَّرِيقَ يَا عُمَرُ he said, if a camel, if a camel, if a camel tripped in a ditch in the ground and hurt itself, where in Iraq, and Amr al-Khattab's in, in Medina, he said, if a camel tripped because of a ditch in the road, in Iraq, which he's responsible for, he said, I would assume that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask me about that, about that animal. He will say, Oh Umar, why did you not pave the way for the animal when you were responsible? Why did you not pave that, that road? So how, how could possibly a person who believes in the hereafter, how could a person who doesn't believe in the hereafter be equal to such a person who does believe in the hereafter? They're two extremes, two different extremes, brothers and sisters. You can't. It's a matter of faith and belief in the heart. 
And if you don't have that in your heart, your actions cannot be the same. Never. And this feeling, I call it a feeling. I don't call it an action. I don't call it a show, showing off. I don't call it a display. The scholars call it a feeling. If you don't have this feeling, you don't have the proper belief of the hereafter. This feeling is one of the effects of believing in Allah and one of the results of believing in Allah and the hereafter. And feeling the responsibility and feeling the enormous trust that he must hold in this life. This is also a result of believing in Allah and the hereafter. So because of that, he is continuously conscious that every tiny and big thing he will be responsible and asked about on the Day of Judgment. A person who believes in the hereafter always knows that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, يَوْمَ تَجِدُ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ مُحْضَرًا وَمَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ سُوءٍ تَوَدُّ لَوْ أَنَّ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ أَمَدًا بَعِيدًا Which means on that day you will find every single soul will find everything that it did in this life will be in front of it. And whatever it did of good, it will be there. And whatever it did of bad, it will also be there. And when they see all the bad that they have done, they will wish if between them and their bad acts, there would have been a very far distance away. So, you cannot compare the two. As for the one who doesn't believe in the hereafter, doesn't believe in the last hour, doesn't believe in the unseen, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, then he is a very different person. He's an alien. An alien compared to you. And you are a stranger. Stranger compared to the rest. You will find him, a person who doesn't believe in the hereafter, this is probably a little scenario of his situation. His behavior is like this. You'll find him striving endlessly. For what? Just to merely secure his temporary life. Isn't that true? Because he doesn't believe in the hereafter. This is his life. This is it. And he strives to secure all the opportunities that he can grasp his hands onto again for this temporary life in this temporary life you will find that he strives wildly like a wild beast for its desires and temptations and adornments he's a wild beast to get its money he's a wild beast to get its dwellings he's a wild beast to get its cars its women it's, it's lush, lux, luxuries of all sorts and types. And if he had two valleys of gold, he will want a third. So he's a wild beast. Doesn't anticipate the hereafter. You will find that in his behavior, he is a preventer of his generosity to others. So if he, if he is successful in one path, he doesn't want other people to also be guided to that same path. He's successful and doesn't want anyone to share it. He wants to be alone. It's a competition for him. It's a challenge for him. So he's a selfish person. And doesn't want other people to reach his own goals. He only wants to reach them. He is concerned mostly about himself. Why would, he, why would he be concerned about other people? I mean, he believes there's only this life. And so he's got to make the best of it. Obviously, isn't it? Do you, do you realize how, why a person who, who is so selfish and thinks about himself, why not believing in the hereafter makes him become that way? Because it doesn't, any, any natural human being, if you don't know and believe that there's going to come a hereafter, we're going to get rewarded for all of this and if you're generous and so on and so on. If you believe that this life is just going to end right here, naturally you're going to also be a wild beast that wants to get as much as he can from it. So this is his state. Concerned mostly about himself and only looks for others when, and he always 
takes friends most often, not always, but most often. He only takes you as a companion or a friend when he can benefit something out of you. Anything whatsoever in any way. It doesn't have to be money, it doesn't have to be business. Some friends who don't believe in the hereafter of yours, they want to benefit still something from you, and that is probably entertainment, probably going out together and having some fun. You try and talk to him about the hereafter or become religious and see if he hangs around with you again. It's always for a benefit, for something. Whereas a believer in the hereafter, Wallahi, he will be your companion and friend for no reason whatsoever, just because you are a mu'min. That's all. Whether you entertain him or don't entertain him, whether you annoy him or don't annoy him, a believer in the hereafter will compromise all of that because you see, he has got a belief in the hereafter. He's, going to, he's anticipating a reward with Allah, as I said before, that is endless and that is better. So he's not concerned about all of this. He's not concerned if he's annoyed a bit or if that person can reach his goals. He feels happy for him, alhamdulillah. That doesn't concern, doesn't make him depressed or wanting to kill himself and commit suicide and all those problems that those other people have. All because life to them is this temporary life and that's it. They don't know. They don't believe. So alhamdulillah that we know. Alhamdulillah that Islam places tranquility and peace in our hearts by knowing the hereafter. He says, this is a miracle, this is a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the person who does not believe in the hereafter, his behavior is also like this. You'll find him he, that he strives, he strives and struggles within what boundaries? <laughs> within boundaries of, the here, of this life. Limits, he's got limits, he's got walls. He's got the time that he's born, the time that he'll die. Doesn't know when he's going to die, so he's working too quick, he's hastening. Quick, 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 quick within these two boundaries. So he's closed-minded, narrow-minded, right? Within the lifespan, this short, earthly span. He's narrow-minded. A Muslim is open-minded. Very wide, alhamdulillah. Very wide. Life is endless. You've got a long life. This life is only a seed for the hereafter. It's only preparing. Do your best. There's a big, big, big future ahead after this life. So anything a Muslim, a woman who believes in the after will hasten to are the good deeds. Anything he will hasten to is being patient. As a result, the person who doesn't believe in the hereafter and the unseen, he makes thousands of mistakes in this life. Tramples a lot, stumbles a lot, and repeats his faults knowingly, and wastes a lot of his time repeating his faults because he feels that there is no hereafter and he feels that he has got a long time to live. Everyone makes mistakes, don't get me wrong, don't misunderstand me. We all fall into faults in that. But what I'm talking about is that the faults they fall into, the people who don't believe in the hereafter, whether Muslim or not Muslim, you know, you call yourself a Muslim or not, if you don't hear, believe in the hereafter, you fall into so many faults and mistakes and everyone does fall into mistakes and faults and they're just gone to waste. And, Subhanallah, there are so many faults in life, mistakes in life, and here you are just thinking that this is the temporary life that you want. So many faults in it, so many mistakes. And you will always think to yourself every day that you still got a long life ahead of you. Allah says the people who don't believe in the hereafter, and here He talks in reference to the, uh, to the Jews in the Quran and to others who are like them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوَدُّ أَحَدُهُمْ لَوْ يُعَمَّرُ أَلْفَ سَنَةٍ وَمَا هُوَ بِمُزَحْزِحِهِ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ أَنْ يُعَمَّرُ Every one of them, he thinks and hopes that he is going to live for thousands of years in their life. And Allah says, even if he does live a thousand years, at the end it's going to end and he's going to be punished and tortured again anyway. But he won't even reach that time. So the people who don't believe in the hereafter try to forget about death. They try not to pass cemeteries. They try not to talk about it. This is why when you go to funerals of, of non-believers and people don't believe in the hereafter, you find that they don't talk much about death and about preparing for the hereafter. They talk about, you know, feeling feeling happy in what you've got in life and that you've still got a life. And I mean, that's, that's it's all good. It's all good, but it's not enough. That's just hiding away the truth. Trying not to think about death because you don't know. They don't want to know it because that's just the end of what they have in this life. I mean, subhanAllah. 
it's just the end for them as they believe in. Obviously, it's not the end. And Allah says in the Quran, بَلْ يُرِيدُ الْإِنسَانُ لِيَفْجُرَ أَمَامَهُ يَسْأَلُ أَيَّانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah says, every man who doesn't believe in the hereafter, every insan, every man naturally, you know, like, uh, not naturally, sorry, every man who doesn't believe in the hereafter, they're always, you know, ruining their paths in front of them, and they're always asking, when is the last hour? When is the last hour? When is the last hour? In other words, they don't believe in the last hour. And they go, look at us, we're working. When's the last hour that you spoke about? So they disbelieve in the last hour and they say, you know, there is no last hour, there is no hereafter, there is nothing like that. We just die and we turn into soil and that's it. And this is the only life we live. And my dear brothers and sisters, this is the ignorant image. This is the ignorant sight. The very narrowed sight of the people who do not believe in the hereafter. This is what made the Arabs in the pre-Islamic times to uh, to fight and shed blood and bury their daughters and the cutting off roads and th theft and because they do not believe of any accountability right in the hereafter they did what they did in this life why not steal you're not going to be accountable if you can get away with it rape so long as you can get away with it with the law you're not going to be accountable I remember one particular brother a good speaker mashallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him he spoke about a research, uh, a, a survey, research survey which they did in England in one of the universities. And um, the, the, the person who was making the survey, his question was to the males, to the, to the, to the student males. Um, he asked them, if you had the opportunity, right, if you had the opportunity to rape a woman and get away with it and nobody will find out, Will you rape a woman? Believe it or not, these statistics are, are actually recorded and they're there. 85% of the males said yes. Now they believe that probably it wouldn't happen. But look at what they said. I mean, they're imagining it. They said yes. Forget about reality. I mean, maybe half of them, maybe, I'm just saying from my side, my opinion, maybe, Half of those who said yes, in reality, if they did have the opportunity, maybe they won't. Maybe all of them actually will. Maybe the ones who said no, they probably would rape if they had the opportunity even. But that's not my point. My point is, what caused them to say yes? It's because they don't believe they are going to be accountable in front of Allah who knows everything. They don't believe that Allah can see the unseen. You get the point now? Okay, so it's a matter of belief. And that's what really changes you, your heart, your belief. Not actions or... And they used to say, when the Prophet told them, be aware, don't shed blood, don't rape, don't oppress, don't steal, don't, don't, don't. Be tolerable towards one another. Live amongst one another in peace under one word of Allah. Okay, you want to worship your God, worship. But here's my advice to you. But don't do all these harmful things to each other. What would they say? They would say things like, In here illa hayatu dunya wa ma nahnu They used to say, Nah. It's only this one life that we have and we will not be resurrected. What are you talking about? You're a crazy man. They never believed in it. Generations after generations after eras have passed. And every time a new generation comes, brothers and sisters, the more they are in denial of the hereafter, and the more they come with new theories and new ideologies. One of the latest ideologies, one of, the only the, the recent ones, is the theories of Marxism and the theory of communism. Right? These are one of the recent ones. And these are movements and isms or theories who do not believe in Allah and do not believe in the resurrection or the hereafter. But they, this is what they do. They describe this world as a commodity, as a just a product. This world is just a product to them. You know, not that it was produced by anyone, but it's just a commodity, something that you can it's just a commodity, not a product. A commodity is the correct word. 
you know, you use it and then you get rid of it and you... It's just a commodity and there is nothing before this commodity or after this commodity. You die and that's it. It just keeps changing and evolving and that's about it. It's just, it's just something. The world is just something. It's just something which they can see and touch. That's all it is really. Nothing else. <laughs> just something that's a poop right there. Commodity and touch it and feel it. So what? Who cares? Use it and that's it. That's how it is to them. Carton of milk. It's got milk in it. Okay, who cares where he came from? Just drink it and throw the carton away. I don't care where he goes. Tip, whatever. Goes in the beach, whatever, whatever, whatever. The carton of milk is in my fridge. I'll drink it. I'll just get rid of it. This is how they believe in life. Life is here. It's one life I live. Let's make the most of it. According to our desires, get the most of it. Whatever, whatever. And that's it. When it ends, it ends. <laughs> that's how most theories are. And these is what Marxism and Communism actually believe in. And... Um, they believe that the only thing that really exists is something that you can feel, you know, touch, see, hear with any of your five senses. If something does not, cannot be reached with your five senses, then they believe that it cannot exist. You know, that's it. Having said this, I'd just like to say a little little story, a funny one about uh, um, which I which I read a long time ago. You see, there was a student and. Um, um, you know, a student. I don't know if he was a Muslim student or a Christian student, but he was a smart student that believed in the hereafter. That's the main point. That believed in Allah, in one God. He believed in an existence of a God. So the teacher, he was an atheist who followed communism, and um, and his teacher, you know, he thought that he was very smart. So he started saying, "Does anyone here believe in God?" And no one said anything. And then he sees one Muslim who had a Muslim name and he goes to him, you know, you believe in God? He says yes. He goes, so, okay, can you ever feel God? Have you ever touched God? Have you ever sensed God with any of the five senses? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, can you tell me you still believe in God? Then he goes on by saying, listen, science has a, has a perfect way that anything that you can feel with your five senses, then it exists and it, it happens. Anything you can't reach with your five senses, then you can't. This is a table. I can touch it. I can put my books on it. I can sit on it. I can stand on it. It's there. It exists. Right? I'm your teacher, I'm teaching you, I'm here, I'm born, I can feel myself, you can hear me, I'm here. Right? Yes. So something you can feel with your five senses, it's there. It exists. No five senses, doesn't exist. And the young boy, he was dumbfounded. Now a smart student stood up and he goes, excuse me sir, you're wrong. I said, what? I said, you're wrong. Not everything that you can feel with your five senses does exist. SubhanAllah, the teacher looks at him and goes, okay young boy, what, what, what are you on about? He said, uh, does darkness, does night exist? He goes, yes. He goes, why? Because he could see it, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, well in actual fact, night does not exist. Because night is only the absence of light. If you bring light, is there any more night? It's just a name we use, he said. A name we use to describe the absence of light. That's all it is. You switch off these lights and you have the effect of not having light. You bring light, you have light. Light is created. Light is there. Yes, but darkness doesn't exist. And he gave me a few other examples. Because of the lack of time, I, don't want to, I can't mention them all. In the end, he said, now sir, has anyone ever seen your brain or touched your brain or anything like that? His brains have been touched. So he goes, no, 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 your brain. <laughs> He was dumbfounded. He goes, everyone, based on the protocols of science, according to our five senses, the teacher does not have a brain. <laughs> so this is not necessarily true to go by science this way. Science is flawed in itself in many areas. This is why a mu'min is a mu'min when he believes in the hereafter. Because you cannot, you cannot, impossible for you while in this life to see it or reach it without Allah telling it to us. And that is the test. And you find that people don't believe in the hereafter when they fall into hardship in life. The only means of curing themselves or getting out of it is to try and uh, occupying themselves with another temporary enjoyment of the life. That's all they really have as cure for themselves. Just a few more things before we finish. Islam, my dear brothers and sisters, therefore concentrates, has concentrated on the matter of the hereafter so much for this reason. It is confirmed in the Qur'an, the hereafter, and the unseen, and the last hour. 
It is confirmed in the Quran, confirmed in the Torah, confirmed in the Injil, the Bible of the Christians, and confirmed in the Zams, as Zabur, the Zams of Dawood, of David, etc., etc. They are confirmed in all of the holy scriptures that were sent down by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word Armageddon means the last hour. It's in the Bible of the Christians, the Torah, the Quran. They all have confirmed the last hour, all through holy revelations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, confirming that the last hour and the hereafter will happen. He says, yes, bala layub'athun. Yes, surely, latub'athun. Surely you will be raised and then you will be informed about everything you did and this is a simple deed for Allah to do. Here are some proofs now about how the hereafter can happen in the last hour. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, O people, ya yuhannas, in kuntum fi min al-ba'ath, if you are in doubt, if you are in doubt of resurrection, that you will not be resurrected, then remember this, we created you from soil, and then we made you into sperm, and then from sperm into a leech-like clot, from a leech-like clot into a, chewed, a, a, a description of a chewed substance, then we made you into bones, and we clothed the bones with meat, and then we put the soul into you, and therefore you are a different creation altogether. From soul you transformed into a human being. Allah is telling us to reflect over this. If you don't believe you can be easily resurrected after being dead, then how did you come to life from soil? That's one. Another proof. A man came to Prophet ﷺ and said to him, brought some bones. And he said to him, Who is the one that can bring these bones back to life when they are ruins like this? He said, say, the one who brought it to life the first time is able to bring it to life a second time. Tell me something, if you made a table the first time, isn't it easy for you to make a table the second time? Of course. If you learned how to wear this jacket the first time, isn't it obvious that the next time you wear it, it's easier? If you learn how to drive a car the first time and the second time, Right? The third time, wouldn't it be easier for to drive it? Of course. So the first time you do something is really the hardest if you come to think about it. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought us to life the first time from nothing, isn't it easy for him to repeat, to repeat that action? Of course it is. Another proof. Proof of nature. Just look around you and you will see the proof that we are going to be resurrected. Allah says, وَتَرَ الْأَرْضَ هَامِدَةً You look at the earth. Look at lands. Go out there and ask farmers. Look at the land. You find that it's dry. Yeah? Dry land. So imagine now going to a farm and seeing dry land. When we bring down the water on top of it, Allah SWT says when the water comes down on the dry earth, it begins to shake and it begins to mold and it begins to grow and it begins to produce growth. From every pear, plants, flowers, everything. The land was dry. Where did all these flowers and grass come from? Water? SubhanAllah. So if Allah is able to bring out this life from dry land, isn't it easy for him to bring us out from soil? Very simple. So you see plantation growing from earth. Why can't Allah create the human back again from soil? That's another proof. Here is another proof. Allah is asking a question. He said, isn't it easy, isn't it possible for Allah who created all the skies that you see above you and all this earth which is more complicated than a human being to create another earth and another sky like them? I mean, don't you see it in front of you? The one who made all of this, isn't he able to make another one like it? To duplicate it? Of course he can. He is the one all-knowing of everything. And the last proof, when you look around you and you see the way life runs, you find that 
there is a purpose in life and you are not created foolishly so therefore if you are, have a purpose in life and you are not created foolishly then definitely there is a reason why we are given choices and the reason why we are given, we are given the, the power to do right or wrong because there is a secret in the hereafter there's going to come something after that and lastly brothers and sisters I'd just like to concentrate to inform you about this the last hour when the world is going to end as I said no one knows when it is going to end not even the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knows Allah says in the Quran so Allah says, and they ask you about the last hour, when is it going to happen? Say, its knowledge is only in Allah and I do not know myself. Also, he says, قُلْ إِنَّمَا عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي لَا يُجَلِّهَا لِوَقْتِهَا إِلَّهُ He says, its knowledge is with Allah. No one knows when it is and when it will come out except for him. Especially when Jibreel السلام, asked him once in front of the companions, Ya Rasulullah, Mata Sa'a When is the last hour? And he said, Man Mas'oolu Anha Bi'a'lama Min As-Sail. He said, The person who is you who is asking me, me, I am no not I don't know more than you about when it is. So you're asking me and I don't know any better than you. Neither Jibreel nor Muhammad sallam know when the last hour will come except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, we'll end it here my brothers and sisters. I thank you for listening to this introduction. Insha'Allah next week we'll go on to talk about the signs of the last hour, how it is close and some of the early signs of the hereafter and how it's divided. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.